Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Gallant Few of Rangers podcast is brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them today on 01453 hhhmortgages.com You can also find them online at hhhmortgages.com or on their Facebook page. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Colin McDuff and I'm delighted to introduce uh, today's show, a uh, momentous occasion, uh, a very special episode. This is the first time we're recording after Rangers have been crowned champions of Scotland for the 55th time. Here to join me, and <laughs> I don't know, it, it might be a bit of a, maybe a bit of a stop-start episode, we, depending on how emotional we get. Mr. Graham Curry, how are you doing, Graham? Delighted, Colin. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, absolutely delighted for the weekend. Uh, we're recording this a few days after. We won the league. Um, it's still to set, set in, I think. It's starting to settle in. It's starting to become real, but it's been quite surreal the last few days um, for all sorts of reasons. Surreal that we actually managed to secure it. Surreal that uh, all the fallout from it, all the celebrations. It's Yeah, it's been quite a Quite a surreal few days, but um, overwhelming emotion is just absolute delight. So first things first, Graham, talk us through your your Sunday afternoon, how how that went. Um, I think we'll go Sunday, then the game on Saturday, and then talk about everything in between. But 
talk to me about Sunday. How how were you feeling when it first hit? What did you, what did you do to mark the occasion? Uh, well, Sunday I didn't watch the first half of the Celtic game. Uh, wasn't really that first with it, but when I seen it was nil nil, I thought I, I just expected them to win, so I wasn't really paying that much attention to it. Got to half time, it was still nil nil, and that's when I put the telly on to start watching. Still anticipating that they were going to they were going to score. Quickly looked at their stats and they were dominating. They were absolutely dominating the game. They were, um, yeah, so many shots on target. Then in the second time when I was watching it, they, they, they had lots of shots on target, but they were all powder puff. There was no actual real, you know, the Dundee United goalkeeper gets such a good write-up to say, and, you know, everybody's speaking him up saying he'd done a great job, but none of his saves were exceptional. They were just run-of-the-mill saves. Yeah, and then as the time ticked on, it was just, I've just got a fear. It dates back, I don't know, 20 years now that Celtic always scored in the last minute. You know, I used to always fear that. You know, Pierre Van Hoogedink used to score in the last 90th minute. Andres Tom, he used to score in the last minute. I used, it used to, I don't know if it was a, if it's a false memory now or whatever, but I just, um, yeah, I just anticipated that they were going to get something in the last minute or they would, they would see it out. But then, once it, once that board went up and it's like injury time, that's a proper countdown, you know, and it's like, is this is this actually going to happen now? This is amazing. And yeah, final whistle went and went absolutely crazy in the house by myself. <laughs> Jumped up and down. Jumped up and down like a lunatic. Can you believe it? Um, yeah, and then from there it was just pure elation. Chats, text messages to everyone, you know, video messages to a few people, um, and then jumped in the motor to go and get some beers. Brilliant. And then the night was yours. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. What about yourself? What did you? How was your so experience was- of it? So I. Uh, you and I spoke in FaceTime uh, shortly after the game, but I actually went through to my dad's to drop something off while the game kicked off. And at the time I got there, I was about to leave, it was half time. And I, it was just both of us were saying, right, surely no, surely this when they happen today. Because I, I kind of thought the day before that, you know, it was right that all the players celebrated and stuff, but. I thought it was going to be two or three weeks until we actually got it confirmed. And I, and I just, I didn't imagine it happening that day. So I hung back at my dad's and I got to the games with my dad's and that was quite important for me. That was quite special. Like as it got to the 75th minute, 15 minutes left. And then we're all saying, me and my dad and my stepmother as well, we're all saying, this is actually going to happen. This is actually going to happen. And as you say, the five minutes, fuck knows where to go five minutes from, by the way. Um, but it was like the edge of your seat and it was surreal. It was the most, it was the most I've ever felt like invested in a game that's not been Rangers. And when I went out, the final whistle went, I was just speechless. I was absolutely speechless. And then even when, even when you and I were maybe speaking on the phone about that must have been what two hours later. Um, I'd only poured my, my first drink. Yeah, I'm still speechless. I didn't know what to say. It just like it was starting to sink in, and I it really caught me off guard. Um, I had is that thing is much one of the old those things where you knew we knew 
had been coming. We spoke in this podcast for the last two or three months. It was coming. It was coming. But when it happened, it was just like, wow. I didn't, I didn't expect it to feel like this. Yeah, I was exactly the same. It was a, a it was an odd call the two. You just stared at each other for about twenty minutes. <laughs> didn't know what to say to one another. It's like, wow, it's actually happened. And then, yeah, they just could not believe that it happened. And yeah, we, we spoke about a few games that we'd been to other years, and um, that's what I'd done that Sunday night. Was I sort of I went back and looked back at all the games. Um, on YouTube and and things like that, just kind of looked at all the old old games. When I say the old games, I meant like you know the last five years or so. And then I started to look back even further. I was looking at like the Rangers archive, I think it's called, or there's, there's a, an archive for Rangers clips. There's a <clears throat> there's a YouTube channel that's got all the archives, and that's basically all I done. I just watched all the. Nine in a row seasons, then I went back to the eighties and the seventies. Just any game at all that I could get my hands on, I was just watching and just reliving it and putting it into perspective. The history for me was that's what we uh, re- reinforced the history of the club, um, and that was kind of backed up by the uh, a tweet that the Rangers uh, Rangers Club web Twitter website put out, and it was showing that you know it was only a 10, 15 second clip, but it was just a count. Up one, two, three, four, and it showed you Struth can right all the way through the years, all the way up to 54 and then 55. And that's kind of what I experienced in Sunday night, just looking back and yeah, enjoying it for what it was. Had a, I go to the football with my uh, my cousin Jacqueline, and again, drunken chats, drunken, you know, FaceTimes and stuff like that with her, and again, reliving all those, all these games we went to. The, what we had to endure, because that's what it was at times. It was an endurance going through all these leagues that we had to go through. Um, but yeah, such a such an incredible feeling in, in the Sunday night. It really was, and I think uh, I said to you in the first time there as well. And I, I wouldn't have been the only one. The first thing I poured, uh, I, I poured a whiskey, and I had a. I'm no man enough just to drink straight whiskey all day, so I had a wee beer chaser, but um, I always said um, that the first thing I'd pull when Rangers won uh, 55 would be to toast absent friends, and I wasn't the only one there. It was nice to see so many people do that, the toasting the friends and family who won the who started the journey with us and weren't there to see it go over the line, so it was really nice to see that so many people had the same 40. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's quite apparent across over social media that that is a, a common theme um, uh, yeah people did do it and it's the right thing to do and, and as you say it is one of the first things people think of mm-hmm. is the people that you've went to the games with that, that have not managed to get here and um, yeah yeah so to absent friends we both have a, a drink here uh, so cheers Graham Hi, we both just done that there by. Uh, <laughs> don't know what that was there. We both just picked up our tunnels at the same time there and and, and done a yeah. toast. But yeah, absent friends. But that's um. So after that, I started watching back games for the last ten years and even then the last fifteen twenty years as well. And more notably, the the game you and I were talking about was at Rugby Park ten years ago when we won title number fifty four. And it's really interesting what you see. I know a lot of people were doing that, looking at old. The old clips and stuff because that's 
that's what we've been living on for the last 10 years, our history. Yeah. We've not had much to say. We've been living on the club's history and even recent history, and that's, you know, that's kind of what's got us through the last 10 years. But now this team are part of that history, and that's, I don't know, it's, you know, at times in the early, it looked as if it would never happen, as if we'd never had to. Like, there was really, really dark times, but it's got over the line. Yeah, even the last few seasons, it's been hard to see how we were going to bridge the gap. Um, Celtic were so far in front of us, you know, scudding us 5-1 and 4-0 and took some real batterings and the whole clubs took a battering. So you're right, it was difficult to see how we were going to bridge that gap. But the way we've done it this year has been incredible. It's just, that was that's, that must be beyond anybody's expectations you know, you maybe start after start of the season going, you know what, we're going to, we've done well the last few years, we're now a European, we're, you know, we're recognised and respected as a European team, we've picked up some good results, we, we'll run these, we'll run Celtic close. I don't think there was anybody at the start of the season that would say, we'll have this wrapped up by March. So the earliest that league title's been wrapped up in Scotland in over 100 years. March. We've scored over like a hundred, I think it's a hundred and seven goals or something, and we're on eighty-eight points. It's March, Graham. It's fucking March. It's mental. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And that's it. And you can't put that down to then. You know, people were maybe seen a few comments of like Celtic have lost the league. Celtic have thrown it away. Was that absolutely not? We've. We've won this league. We have took it with a scruff of the neck and went so far undefeated the whole way through this season. And you don't see anything letting up. But it's been a phenomenal achievement. Absolutely phenomenal achievement. We have won this league and totally on merit. It's fantastic. It really is. So, on the, on the celebrations for the players that you've seen, I, I don't know where to start. The Saturday or Sunday, I suppose we can talk about it all all in the one, the celebration for the players. Um, what what really struck me was, and I don't know how he really put this in the words, which is probably the last thing you want to hear in the podcast then, um, <laughs> but the the celebrations, the way they were, like it, it was almost as if they, they were celebrating because their hard work had paid off. It wasn't celebrations through relief, if you get me. So that's that kind of I don't know why I, I was focusing on that, but that screamed to me that for the start of this season, this hasn't been a fear that Celtic win the league this year. This has been a determination that they will win the league. Almost if you get me, it's just I don't know. It looked as if they they knew they deserved it. That's why they celebrated so hard. It wasn't a kind of fucking hell. What just happened? Let's party. It's no, we've put this effort in. That's even seen the manager doing it. <laughs> the Flying Dutchman across the dressing room floor, I think. That was apparent throughout Saturday and Sunday for me. Yeah, yeah. and it's kind of back to my point, it's an achievement. It's something they've achieved. They've set out to do it. They've been so focused and the right to celebrate it um, collectively as well, which I thought was really good. The amount of people that was in that dressing room, it was a collective effort. Everyone deserves their success should be recognised for the success and they all celebrated that that success. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was a bit, I don't know, I was a bit um, surprised when I first seen it that they were celebrating. 
because they hadn't won anything. You know, we hadn't won it at that point. So on the Saturday, yeah. You know, and then I just what I mean, I knew it was inevitable, but it was just a, a bit odd to, for them to do it. But they were absolutely right to do it. It was that um, absolutely correct to do it. I think Stephen Gerrard <clears throat> um, understands players very well because he's allowed them to do that and say, right, go and enjoy this. Take a few days and enjoy that. Even though there's the UEFA Cup game in a few days' time, go and enjoy it. Celebrate. These are professional athletes. A couple of days off isn't going to kill you. Um, go and enjoy it because you deserve it as a group. Go and celebrate that. And that's that's a bonding thing as well. You know, to be able to celebrate with your teammates such an, a remarkable achievement will be a benefit to them. They might have lost it in two days worth of coaching and comas or a bit of recovery time or something, but they've done so much in the last few days to bond as a team, which um, is really important. It was important, I think, for the fans to see that as well. I really liked that the celebrations get out. They weren't, you know, censored or hidden. And they easily could have been. They could easily have kept the videos to themselves, but I think it was important to get it out to say, you know, the club are celebrating this. We know how much it means to our use fans at home who can't celebrate in the stadium. So we're going to show you that we recognise it and, and we'll celebrate it. Just just picking up on what you said there, a couple of things. There's such a connection between the players and everybody associated with the clubs and the fans. And we'll come back to the the connection between the players and the fans in a minute. But I think it was Jermaine's the phone of you was he was saying on Sunday, this is for everybody, this is from the players to the coaching staff, to the women who made the dinner in the in the training centre, to the admin assessments, this is absolutely a club thing and that didn't seem like lip service to me. Like it might very well be and it might be a it might be very well trained with the media, but that seems so genuine and that is what I get for this group of players that they do realise it's this isn't just about 18, 20 players winning a league. This is about a whole club getting back to the top, and I think they do recognise that. Yeah, I agree. I think and it comes from the top. That sort of professionalism comes from the top. That's Stephen Gerrard who's setting those standards and setting those um, principles or you know how to live your life. You're not just, it doesn't matter if you get a great first touch and you can ping a ball 50 yards. Can you treat people with respect? Can you act like a good human being? Because that's as important. And it's it's great, it's important to Stephen, uh, to the manager, but that's ingrained in our history as well, how to act like a ranger. These these traditions and these, um, I, I keep saying principles, I, I can't think of the right word, but these um, characteristics are fundamental to being a ranger. So, uh, no, you're right. It doesn't it doesn't surprise me that um, that that comes across that everyone is in it, is in it together. And the just the last thing the player celebrations then that's more more so on Sunday at the the Rangers training centre. Um, I, I would probably say as yourself, I, I spent hours watching every single fan clip that went up. Just there was videos of Ryan Jack being the, the starting the chorus, you know, being um, you know, just dictating the 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 songs for the fans, Connor Grossen coming down and 
I don't know, it's just like every time a club official would come and usher, usher them away, another one would run down, start another song, and the players, that this was more than just, than just winning a league for these players. This was more than just winning a medal. You'd see what it meant to them. I loved the, in the dressing room as well. They all took a shot at singing a song for, for each yeah. of them. If you, if you had a song, you would, you get in the middle, you had to dance, and they had done a sucker in about them. Defoe get one, Kent get one. and um, Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Just a fantastic insight into that dressing room. And some of the pictures as well, I just absolutely love is them hanging out the, the dressing room window. Yeah. That's fantastic to me. The, the, those pictures will be iconic. Those will, those will live for years and years and years. That's there's um, certain pictures that live on for history, and some of them will be. What about the the fans actually gathering at the stadium and uh, George Square and uh, Rangers Train Centre? So I don't know. I, I, I I'm no I'm not going to try and mince my words here. That like. I know we're in a pandemic, but I totally get it. I didn't go myself, I totally get it. And I'm sure this one will get the pod shut down. Fuck's sake, we, we already rip off stereophonics. Um, I've already <laughs> gave my cash for numerous abuse in here. So if we were going to get shut down, we already would have been. So I'd, I'm not going to call him down for going there. Um, as well. I hope everybody's safe afterwards, absolutely. But those scenes, it looked like... It looked like Manchester, didn't it? It, it just looked... Yeah, just on Edmondson Drive. That was just, yeah. Yeah, it was actually... I think if I was a bit younger, I would have went... You know, I, I was... Um, I was considering going myself, to be fair. I was thinking about it. So, um, a couple of things just ruled it out for me that it was... Um, it's probably for the young team. The young team can go and do that sort of thing and, and party, and they're absolutely right to do it. Um, second thing was that I think I'd already had maybe two beers, so I would I would have had to have drove to Ibrox anyway. So by that point, I was like, I can't now, you know. <laughs> I think we were actually planning to do a post-match, like a very quick pod reaction. Um, so I ran and got beers, and then I had a couple, and by that point I went, well, no, I can't go. I just definitely can't go anyway, but... Yeah, I, would, I don't think I would have went anyway. That is for the young team, but um, no, I'm not criticising them for God. Absolutely not. Um, there's been so many other gatherings across the um, across the country that um, I, I've got no criticism for them at all. No, and uh, the main thing is, uh, you know, everybody that was involved stayed safe. Um, I, I really like, reiterate that because we, we are still going through it, but no, I'm, I'm not going to, I can't genuinely say that I'm unhappy with anybody going and I know that probably like, will, you know, will gain a bit of criticism. I'll take anything that comes my way for saying that, but I went to the, the, the scenes and you and I both know people that, that were there um, and it's just like everybody was like, somebody FaceTimed me from there and I, I was overwhelmed with emotion. I was like, that's just amazing. That's going back to what you were saying about those photos. Like, this is just going to be iconic for years and years and years to come. It's the day that it's the day that the fans celebrated fifty-five, and that'll that'll never be forgotten in their lifetimes. It won't be. No, you're right. It's a monumental, historic time. So, um, 
it's the only bad thing about this, isn't it? Is that we're not at Ibrooks to to do it. Yeah. We're not actually there to all be there collectively and then spill out onto the streets and all do it. We'll do it as a as a collective, but yeah, iconic moment. So I'm not criticising a single person that went. It's a, you're right, absolutely right. It divides opinion. So, um, but I know that if I was ten years younger, I think I would have been. I think I would have been there probably. With less responsibilities. Yeah. I think they've been there jumping about mental. They are. This is a monumental pod for many reasons. First pod since we were champions. And the first pod, uh, Graham Curry's admitting that he's an old fart now. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, man, what is happening? Yeah. I was thinking that earlier when I said that. Do you remember who Pierre Van Hoydonk is? Or Andreas Tom? I know you're. <laughs> I remember I had Van Hoydonk, but I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to you at the start of the pod, but I'm pretty sure at the start of the pod you pronounced it Van Hoydonk. And, and I was thinking there's no back Van Hoydonk. <laughs> uh, who'd you think I call? Yeah. Uh, suppose something that's go kinda forgotten in the in the pandemonium is Rangers were fucking terrific in Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's thought about that. Um who were we playing? Who was it? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, the board was stuck in a hedge again. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Everybody just forgot about the game, didn't they? Completely. Um, but no, we did play well. Just dominated the right from the off, didn't we? We just had them pinned. They weren't getting out at all. We just pinned them into their own half and just didn't let them back out again. Some great goals as well, you know, Kent's. Kent's was fantastic. I'm not, I've watched it back a few times and I'm not sure if Kent's passed that in, blasted it in or powered it in. It was, a, it was a quite, I don't know what he's done to get it in. It was fantastic the way he finished it. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's... What, what what I loved most about this game was all eyes were on Rangers to see, right, okay, there's, there's thousands of fans outside Ibrox. We were always going to get over the line, but are they, are they going to stumble their way over the line? By Christ, they, they seen that as a challenge and just came out and wiped the floor. It was a case of the early goals, getting them get the game done, dusted early, going to half-time, come out, and then just put the game to bed so early. Like, actually, I was one of the ones that had um, that had problems with my, with my RTV, and actually missed it in the third goal. It was that quick. Um, but that was just, that set the tone for, for the Angels. They were just 
absolutely determined that they were going to show the fans what they were worth. Do you think that was a, 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 fa- a, a fact? Do you think that was a factor? The amount of fans that were at the welcome that all the team got, you know, all the, all the players that had to go through the crowds and they were all there. Do you think they must have just... Uh, Gerard had to, to do the same. You seen his video? He was coming through the crowds. Do you think he's went in there and said, "There's no way we can let this, let, let this team, uh, let the fans down today"? I, I think so. I think um, that's the easiest uh, pre-match speech that pre-match uh, team talk that Gerard's ever had. All he would have had to do would have been open the windows and say, "That's what we're playing for today. That's what we're playing for today." And I wouldn't be surprised if it was along those lines. And they didn't disappoint, did they? Come right out the blocks, absolutely right out the blocks, and pressed them. And that's what actually made the the, the Kent goal was just a, which has been typical of us all season, is forcing that press. We were trying to get something. We tried to get something working down the right hand side, and it didn't quite come off. Um, and they regained possession, but from there we just swarmed them. Hadji swarmed somebody. Patterson came in for the right to swarm somebody. And then a ball eventually get played out for the, the defence that Goldson's picked it up. And it was just a one-touch pass to Kent. You know, he, he was holding off his man, one-touch pass to Kent. And then Kent looked as if he was going to shape up for a, a right-footed shot colour. Done a wee drag back, a wee sort of Cruyff drag back. And then acres of space to shoot into. But as I say, I, I, I watched it back a few times. I'm still not sure if he's just pass that in nicely, accurately, or if he's um, or if he's actually just blasted it in, but it was a very good goal, you know. You mentioned Patterson there. I thought he's. I think he's really come on again the last few games. Aye, definitely. He's took his opportunity, all right. He has, and um, I think it was actually, it might have been watching the Samaritan game. Um, Hodge said to me, I wonder how Patterson will deal like will deal with a setback or deal with after how he'll handle playing poorly and then can he bounce back and basically the way he put the question to me was how how will he deal with a setback and I was and I was kind of like well he's just been like hung out to die by the media and for for a week um flung under the bus by the the rags and had an absolute telling two of the management team then came in and put in two or three performances like that that's that shows a lot of boys, it really does, doesn't it? That's your character right there, isn't it? That's why he's getting the opportunity, because he's obviously demonstrated that he's got the those characteristics to be able to make make it to the first team. You're not going to get anywhere near the first team. You know, you're not going to get on the bench if you don't do the right things. So um but that's not to say that it's not a step up. It's all right being on the bench watching and maybe even getting a wee five, ten minutes here. Now he's now you can see him being a first team regular, you know, there's easily play him right back now. And you've had no no qualms about putting him in. You know, talk that Tav um, might be on his way back. You know, there's a chance that he his injury might be healing, but you know, we quite happily have Patterson at right back and and have full confidence in the boy. Absolutely. Just on Patterson and the other COVID five, if you like, um, their bans have been announced. So is it is that a six game ban they've wrote? Is that how much it was? I didn't see that call. I thought it no, I thought it was they've been cited, but I don't think the hearings until I thought it was later in February, late late March. Um let me 
Yeah, I'm sure it was going to be late March before the actual hearing was heard. Don't listen to me then, sorry. I've um, I've just seen snippets the last couple of days. Um, it's Sunday also coincided with um, the start of manual leave as well for 10 days, so I've been pretty much just having a fucking... <laughs> Uh, I'm myself. Right, okay, so I'll not even edit that out. So, no, that's um, so way March. I suppose the point I was getting at there is that either if it was banned or not for domestic games, that he's, he's still available for the European fixtures, um, which obviously we're, we're coming up to, which is massive for him. And I don't see any issues with Nathan Patterson starting both of these matches. Yeah, absolutely. Bring him in for Prague, no problems. Give him his. Um... Run out against Celtic and we beat them in a few weeks. That's absolutely getting an all more experience with him. Just no qualms at all. Doing fantastic, the boy. So, Still early doors, so I mean, let us know. I, I think we've spoken on other pods about how we um, love to see the youth players coming through and doing a job. And we've had some false dawns. We've had guys that have made great starts to their careers and then have tailed off. So I mean, we don't need to start going mental about him. We don't have to start going, you know, he's a superstar or anything. All we just need to do is that, yep, we're confident that you can come into the team and do a job and let them build up, let them, let them de- develop in an appropriate way as long as he continues to do that. And he's under the right coaching staff as far as I can see. He's been coached the right way and he's been managed the correct way. So, uh, yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, that's it. I think um, the the example you and I had in the Where Are They Now pod was Kyle Hutton. We don't want him to be another Kyle Hutton, do we? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm close to saying Nathan Parkinson is the next Rangers captain. You know, that's that's where I go immediately. That's my first Don't point. say that, man. The boy will be sold in the summer if you say that. <laughs> I know, I just get myself too carried away at times, but let's, exactly, let's calm down, just let him do his job. He's only been in that. He's only been in six months. Well, in the subject of getting carried away, Graham, <laughs> um, I'm going to do that. So, back in uh, back to the the weekend's kind of reaction, and uh, at this point, I'll say sorry to the listeners. This this pod doesn't really this is never meant to follow any floor structure. This pod, this is just meant to be two or three days later how we're feeling about it. Just is that same as everybody up and down the country. All Rangers fans will be just almost like brain dumping at all their thoughts and emotions. But come back to something that Gerard said immediately after the Samaritan game is when he was sitting up in that stand, it made him think about he just wants more. It made him realise how hungry he was. And uh, a guy from my work um, or you you've uh, he's actually made a appearance on the pod the other game. Um he, he messaged me on Sunday that he's got a feeling this season isn't over yet. There's more to happen this season. You know, obviously, the Scottish Cup dates have just been um, announced. We're going to play them over, what is it, eight, nine weeks or something. We've got Cove Rangers in the next round, and obviously, we're going into Slavia Prague. I don't know. I do have this feeling that this, you know, this is a wave that the, the players can can just ride on. Um, I'd I, I don't want to jinx us the night before we play Slavia Prague, but I don't see it being like Liverpool last season where as soon as the league was done, you know, they're, they're bust for about four weeks afterwards, or well, at least as if they're still bust after looking at the stadium mm-hmm. now, but I just see this group of players seeing this as a wave that they can carry through on, and I'm, I'm just so excited for the game tomorrow. Uh, 
with that in mind. Yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds sounds good to me. Um, I'll be the messenger of doom then because Slavia Prague are undefeated this year. So the last time they were defeated was when Leverkusen beat them in December. So they're flying as well. They're 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 a they're a good side. So we shouldn't be taking them lightly. And I'm deaf. Well, we know they're not going to be taken lightly. We know that the team will be up for it. They'll be focused on the job. And Jane um, will be dried out by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if me and you will be. Um, yeah, I think they will be. I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be up for the challenge and um, they'll do a professional job. But we're now starting to go up some levels now. But this is the test that we want because what we're going to have next year is Champions League football. So this is a test for us. When we start going up these levels, can we react to that? Can we adapt to our game? And there's no reason to suggest it. There's no, re- no evidence in the last year 18 months to suggest that we're not capable. We can do it against the Premier League, uh, Scottish Premier League teams, and we can certainly do it against top teams in Europe. So, um, yeah, you're you're right, and you're right to start to think that this could be a momentous season, but it already is. You know, it already is. If we get beat off Slavia Prague, uh, fine by me. Fine by me. It's you know we've won the fifty five. That was the main goal. We now start to develop, and we can start thinking about that in three or four months. We can start thinking about right, where do we go as a team? Where do we go as a club? That's that's for three months down the line. I think we're we're entitled to uh, enjoy the the success that we've had and just be very very grateful for it. But <laughs> but. There are hotels in Gdansk for £200, so <laughs> quick weigh these things up. Oh, and that like, that whole last two sentences you said just sums up uh, life as a Rangers fan. Like, if Rangers do Real Madrid um, like next season um, in the Champions League, I would go into the game thinking... Anything to bonus here, we shouldn't we, we shouldn't shouldn't be getting a result, but during the game I'd be absolutely demanding that we're scudding Real Madrid for now. Um but we're fickle, aren't we? But you're right, everything everything beyond Sunday is a bonus. Yeah. Everything beyond Sunday is a bonus, but I don't know, the way the season's going and the way that we've just went for and we have went for milestone to milestone the last three years. This hasn't just been a, a long three years where enough has happened. This is from day one. You've seen us, you've seen Rangers progress under Stephen Gerrard, and like the the milestones were insignificant as they may sound, but they were significant to us. We beat Celtic for the first time. We we go to Europe. We go to the European group stage again for the first time. Knockout. Uh, knockout European games, being selling like Parkhead and starting a challenge, being top of the league, yet going into the new year. These were all milestones that were getting us to where we were going to be, and it just feels like that's fifty-five for this team is just another milestone for them to kick on from. That's a great way of looking at it, um, Colin. Yeah, it's a fantastic way of looking at it. If it is just another milestone on the journey to being a dominant, dominant side. Um, that's what we need to do. We just need to go now, 
Ah, okay, you've convinced me. We'll beat Slavia back <laughs> 4 0, home and away. Yeah. But you're right, it is just another milestone, you know, if we can knock this team out and then progress as another milestone, as you say, you know, do that, we'll move on. What's our next challenge? And that's kind of a football cliche, isn't it? It's something that you do hear people saying, take it a game at a time and I think there's a bit of truth to that in the in the sense of what Rangers are doing. They do see each um, game as a challenge and something new to overcome. Um, it goes back to the professionalism of Gerard again. Really, to me, that's been such a such a key factor in things is the professionalism that he shows ripples through the club. It just ripples through. All the coaching staff then take the lead from that. The coaching sessions must be so um, professional and that just goes through to the, the, the team as well. But yeah, another milestone that we could be chalking off this week. Time will tell. Time will tell. But again, if it doesn't happen, then we've got we've got the most important thing this season and that's it's done and dusted. Um, anything else you want to add, Graham, before we start wrapping up? Or? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think we've covered everything we had to. Uh, well, um, last thing will come me. Usually I would ask for a Twitter partner of the week, but I think this weekend um, there was so much good stuff in social media that uh, we're not going to go down the, the laugh route, but... Graham, what's uh, what's the image of the video you've seen for the celebrations over the weekend? And I know I'm putting you in the spot here. I didn't give you a fair warning, but what's the uh, what did you see that I don't know? Is there any caught you in the feels or really made you stand up and think, "Wow, like this has actually happened"? Um, I think the the team photo that get taken at the the training centre was quite. Um, yeah, it was just a nice thing to see, I think. It was just everybody was there, everybody was in it, and it's a team photo that will be remembered for years now. So to me, that was the one that you can start to look through every face in that in that picture and go, right, he's contributed, he's contributed. And you get in that whole list and everybody's made a contribution. There's been so much content gone, there's been so much to so much that the club have put out, some so much stuff fans have put out videos of this and that and yeah no I don't think I could pinpoint it to one thing other than that maybe under that maybe that team photo was the one thing that really struck a chord with me. Maybe yourself was there something that really resonated with you? I don't know. It's um there's so many, so many good content so so much great content that came out. Even the the ones that are spitting in my head are like the first video for the, the dressing room on Saturday when um, everybody was lapping up Gerard dancing to some rave song. But actually before that, Gerard goes round and he, I think he like high-fives Haji and gets him, oh, come on, get up, and then goes in and starts dancing. And just what we were saying, that team spirit, and he sees Ross Wilson over in the corner. It wasn't just his players. Um, I don't know, the one I couldn't stop looking at is just um, Jimmy Bell's face through the window. See when we were talking about iconic um, photos, I think it's Ryan Jack next to him, but 
And I think that kind of sums up everything. Jimmy Bell is a, he's one of the backroom staff. He's obviously a fan. Um, but that just kind of really sums up that he's standing there next to Ryan Jack and just this wasn't a group of 18 players doing this. This was everybody, fans and and backroom staff and the players themselves and everybody is involved and everybody had their part to play in it and we all deserve it equally. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know, that's why I go for that one photo. I'm a massive Jimmy Bell fan, so that's... <laughs> I, know, I did see a picture of him. He's obviously one of the most longest-serving members of staff. You did see an earlier. It was with... must have been the old Rangers picks that posted it, and it was... I'm trying to remember who was in the photo. I think Cooper, McCoy, Nisbet, and Derek Ferguson, I think. They're all standing just um, on their way to training or on their way to an away game, and you see Jimmy Bell on the bus. So he's just driving. He obviously drove the bus at the time, so... Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, quite amazing to see guys like that do, who are ingrained in it, you know. Another thing I thought was quite nice was um, recognising people who have played their part in the journey as well. I think Gerard had mentioned Halliday, had name-checked him. Um, somebody else, I'm thinking he name-checked somebody else as well. I think Candace as well was another one who's quite close, still probably quite close to, it's really nice words to say about the manager himself, but I think he's close to a few of the team, uh, the current squad as well. So I thought that was quite nice to recognise that, you know, we've been talking about it, it has been a journey. There have been players that have got us to that, you know, took us up the levels. Um, only really since Gerard came, because everybody before that, on the whole, has been a donkey, but <laughs> since Jets came, there's been guys that have came and went who, you know, have started to make us more professional and have taken us to the next levels and, and, and until we've got to the, the current squad that we've got. So I really, I really thought that was a nice thing to have done, just to even recognise the fact that um, guys like Halliday maybe told Gerard what the club was all about, you know, on a day-to-day basis. I know he speaks to fans and things, but Halliday must have been telling him what this club's all about on a daily basis, you know, and um, he was certainly a player that Gerard liked. Um, and the, and the, at the start, you know, he was a guy that he could put in there and trust and knew he would be a hard worker. So, um, yeah, I thought that was quite nice. Yeah, uh, and you've seen the videos of Scott Arfield uh, uh, FaceTiming Halliday on Saturday for the dressing room and as as really it was heartwarming it really was heartwarming to see all that kind of stuff yeah because it's not you sometimes think that football is just about professionals out to earn a wage and stuff uh, definitely know that there's not that culture in that dressing room there's definitely no they're, they're there as a team and they are a collect a collective yeah. I think what, what I love about this team what you've seen um, from from the performance at the weekend and the aftermath, that you will get player, you will get players in every club who resonate with the fans and then absolutely engage in the history and the culture of the club. And you will get players who don't really like it could be any club, but they just want to be the peak professional and just be an elite footballer. I think the vast majority of this Rangers squad have the perfect mixture of both. Yeah, there's a culture, they've taken on board the culture of the club and the um, the dressing room vibe has been picked up and is, is, it permeates against every single player. 
So I think that's a, a good time to uh, wrap up just before I start crying. <laughs> Graham, no for the first time over the last... Again, I was going to say again. <laughs> uh, you're not the only one, Colin. You're definitely not well, the only one that's shed a few tears this week. Yeah. But uh, last thing, you know, just got to say, everybody, I'm sure you'll agree, like, um, season for me, I'm on annual leave this week and I am absolutely taking the arse out of these celebrations. But whatever you're doing, make sure you continue to enjoy it. It's, whether it's... Uh, if you if you're off work as well, just enjoying yourself with your your loved ones or your friends or whatever. Or if it's a, you're going into work and it's a get it up you every five minutes to a, a time that you work next to you, absolutely enjoy it. And we've no other support like this has ever went through this and in, in world football they have not. And I don't know. It's I feel a sense of pride that I was there. I was there when Rangers were getting beat off and in Ibrox and um. You know, I'm here to watch them. You know, I, I subscribe to my my dodgy link uh, season ticket. I pay my money to to watch them win fifty five. So we absolutely all deserve that. So enjoy it, whatever you're doing. Champions, champions, fantastic. Graham, thanks for joining us. No, thank you, Colin. Thanks very much. Thanks, listeners. And thank you for everybody listening. We are the people. <laughs> Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey. It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.